I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to this Monday episode of Live Mike. I am so happy to be back with you after this weekend. Uh, had a wonderful time with the family, uh, and now it's time for you and I to hang out for the next few hours. Today's episode is going to be heavy uh, on the phone calls. You are going to be on the line almost the entire time. I have a lot of questions, I have a lot of conversations, and I want to have them with you. To kick things off, though, I want to discuss something that was brought up by a team of doctors just this morning at Primary Children's Hospital. It uh, was specifically a conversation revolving the impact of COVID-19 on children here in Utah and elsewhere. Elsewhere, There has, as you well know, been a spike. And if we've been following the data from the very beginning, very luckily, the impact of the coronavirus in terms of spread and contraction and also the severity of symptoms for children has been relatively mild when compared to other age groups. And that's a wonderful thing. And let me tell you, personally, I am so thrilled uh, with that reality because I have a young baby daughter myself. I can't imagine. I can't imagine if the trends were reversed and they were, uh, you know, susceptible to uh, to all sorts of, uh, you know, negative stuff at a higher rate than the older age groups. I don't know how I would be as a brand new dad. And so uh, I guess if I'm looking for silver linings, there's one. Uh, but with that said, there is something very serious that can occur in children. It's called multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. M I S C. And there are some experts that got together at uh, Primary Children's Hospital this morning to address exactly what that is, uh, how it afflicts young children who contract it, uh, and also how prevalent it is. And uh, let me just share with you a few words here. Dr. Jason Lake explained, uh, one of the doctors presenting here this morning, uh, Dr. Jason Lake explained what they are seeing in their hospital now and what may come in the future. To date, as of last week, uh, we had seen 17 cases so far of MISC in our um, hospital. What we know about MISC is that there is an approximately four-week delay between acute infection and between the onset of MISC. So we anticipate that in the coming weeks, we will definitely more than double the cases that we have seen thus far today. Joining us on the line uh, is KSL News Radio reporter John Wojcik, who was following along as these doctors uh, made these revelations, shared this information, and got everyone up to speed. And also, as a matter of fact, shared the personal story of a young girl, 12 years old, who uh, was diagnosed with this MISC, explaining her own experience. Uh, John, though, joining us now. John, sir, how you doing? Good afternoon, Lee. Doing well. How are you? I'm all right. I'm grateful to you for for joining us today. Uh, What were the big things we learned here today from the doctors? Yeah, so what we heard today from some of these experts uh, with primary children's is uh, just about how COVID-19 and the virus and some of these symptoms are affecting children. And it sounds like they're seeing more and more kids, unfortunately, having to go to the ICU unit for some of these complications due to COVID. And one of the main ones is what you've kind of laid out there is this MISC. Uh, and really what it is, when you look at the I in that acronym, it stands for inflammation. So really what that is, is any sort of dangerous swelling that happens in the body. And uh, what can happen is it leads to problems with the heart or other organs. 
And they're seeing a lot of these children who first get infected with the virus come in and then some of this dangerous swelling uh, can lend itself to maybe it could be a rash or it could be low blood pressure. It could be in most times it's a pretty extreme fever. And like you said, we did hear from uh, a young girl who experienced as a 12 year old girl from southwest Wyoming who uh, her symptoms got worse and worse. Didn't know it woke up one day and essentially couldn't really move, wasn't able to walk, wasn't able to turn her neck very well, and she had to go to the ICU unit, and unfortunately, uh, it got a little bit worse. Thankfully, she's alive to tell the story, but uh, it just shows that it's not just something that's affecting older people of the population. It's also kids that are you know, having these really scary bouts with the virus. That 12-year-old, uh, Maddie Dayton from Wyoming, here she is briefly explaining her experience. I woke up and I had a really bad headache and just body aches all over. And then like two to three days later, like I couldn't walk and I wouldn't eat. And then I started getting rashes all over my body. And that's when I knew that it wasn't like normal sickness. And then I just woke up and I couldn't move at all. Like my head, I couldn't move it from side to side or like I was just stuck. And then I remember my mom driving me to the hospital room, and then I woke up in the ICU the next morning. John, did doctors this morning give any sense of how common this experience is, the experience of uh, Maddie Dayton? Yeah, they're saying at this point it's still relatively rare to have complications like this, but it's not something that, uh, you know, obviously they aren't seeing at all. So far they've seen 17 cases of MISD in their hospitals, uh, and they're anticipating to see more is kind of the unfortunate thing. It seems like something they, they are recently starting to see more and more of. And it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. But however it does manifest itself, when it's hitting the younger population, it's pretty severe. I mean, they're staying in the hospital on average for six days and then five additional days in the ICU. So a grand total of close to two weeks away from home in between a hospital or an ICU setting. So whether it be uh, a fever, rash, low blood pressure, uh, internal swelling, whatever it is, it's severe. So it's something definitely to take seriously. And like we heard from the uh, from Maddie and also her family, they live in a very rural area in Wyoming. So they thought they were doing enough for social distancing, but it just you know goes to show that you really have to be adamant as much as you can, always on guard to make sure you're taking all the precautions because, I mean, this is something no individual, no family wants to have to go through. And, and this is a, a new thing, right? This uh, MISC is something that's manifesting itself uh, here in the COVID era. Do we know exactly what the relationship between COVID and MISC is? And is it something that presents right away? Or is it something that later, you know, after a child's diagnosed, maybe recovers from COVID, something that should be looked for by parents down the road? You know, that's a good question, Lena. They didn't, I, from what I heard, that wasn't necessarily addressed of down the road, but it seems like it is something that is manifesting itself relatively quickly after somebody develops a COVID-19 diagnosis. So it's something to certainly, you know, keep an, keep an eye on is all of a sudden if, if you have a kid or somebody, you know, a younger child who d- comes down with COVID-19 and you're starting, starting to see some of these symptoms, again, uh, extreme fever, which also some of this, if you're doing a Venn diagram, can also go into just normal COVID-19 symptoms as well. But what we're hearing is a fever, any sort of swelling that might uh, ha- have heart problems or things like that. Then also a rash. We heard Maddie talk about a rash that extended all across her body and then eventually kind of losing some appetite, uh, losing some physical functions as well. So it seems like something that manifests itself very quickly. And the most important thing is if you start to see any of these symptoms, uh, certainly you, know, you want to move quickly because it might be 
uh, a situation where you're going to have to be away from home for quite some time. So the quicker you can get yourself in a setting where you're surrounded by health professionals, you can get the care that you need. The sooner you do that, it's going to be the better in the long term. John Wojcik, KSL News Radio reporter. Thank you so much for following this and bringing us up to speed here this afternoon. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so you heard John there mention the heart. Uh, there was another doctor, Dr. Trong, who participated in the address this morning, uh, really revealing the details of this MISC, a hyperinflammatory syndrome afflicting children. Now, again, John mentioned 17 cases uh, here in the state of Utah. That's a relatively low number, uh, but it is not zero. And when it is not zero, it is something uh, for which we must remain vigilant. Uh, on the heart issue, Dr. Tron talked about what MISC looks like in children, particularly with its effect on the heart. MISC can affect almost any organ system of the body. And most kids with MISC have been previously healthy, as Dr. Lake had mentioned. In our currently published reports, about 50% of kids with MISC have shock or very low blood pressure, and about 40 to 50% have had decreased function of the heart or squeeze of the heart. And so kids with MISC can actually be really sick and need medications in the intensive care unit to help augment the blood pressure or help with the squeeze of the heart itself. The reason I share this story with you is not to, not to add extra fear to this COVID era in which we're living right now, uh, but it is merely to uh, inform and let you know that there are some new things being learned, revealed, manifested, and one of them could uh, it could find its way into the life of your child. So if you, if you have a young child who comes down with the coronavirus, uh, just pay a little extra attention uh, afterwards. Look for uh, that prolonged fever. Look for the rash and report certainly to your medical professionals uh, exactly what you observe. uh, And hopefully things like this can be avoided. All right. uh, We're going to take a break right now. When we return, something I saw over the weekend really drove me nuts. It frustrated me a great deal. It has to do with protests and specifically protests of private residents here in the state of Utah. Some protesters showed up at the front door of the governor's home, not the mansion, his private home. So too that of Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. Why's that got me worked up? Well, I'll share those details with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.